This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Joey Levin, Alex Ruane, back at it again. It's our second episode with no games to react to. We got a little bit for you. We got a little something for you. We're still sort of processing everything that went down in the NBA last night. Two nights ago, really, now. And you know, we, we do this five days a week. We do We record right after the game, so sometimes we get going so quickly after the games because we want to fire it up and get it up that we were not able to hear the post-game press conferences and um we play a lot of them the next day if it's applicable but there was some good stuff good and bad let's put it that way good and bad that came out of the post-game last night um so i want to start with some sound from last night clippers nuggets and we'll start with the nuggets because i don't like I said yesterday, we didn't really – I don't know if we heaped enough praise on what they accomplished, even though, as we'll hear, maybe we shouldn't even be talking about it that way because they surely don't think that it was that big of an upset. But um, right off the bat, here's uh, Jamal Murray. This is what Jamal Murray said when he was asked, basically, are you surprised – or is this? Are are you guys just showing what you've known all along, or was this was, was there something like another gear that you went to? This is what he said. We've been we've been showing it. We've been showing it. I don't know how else to say. It. We've been showing it. And you got Shaq, you got Charles, you got I think Zach Lowe's the name. I don't even know. Um, Stephen A. All all y'all better start giving this team some damn respect because we put in the work and we got a resilient team. And you know, we should have we shouldn't have been down three one, but. You know, to come back from 3-1 against the Clippers, um, it was a big achievement. So uh, it's fun just to, you know, change that narrative. Y'all, y'all can finally start changing the narrative and um, looking at us in a better light. First of all, that's a that's sort of a come up for Zach Lowe. Even, not that Zach Lowe is small by any means. Zach Lowe's a pretty big NBA writer, but Shaq, Charles Barkley, Stephen A. Smith, and Zach, and Zach Lowe. Yeah, the, the Mount Rushmore of uh, NBA, oh, the NBA analysts. NBA analysts. I, I, I guess I don't read enough ESPN. I didn't know Zach Lowe had been di- disrespecting them that much. I don't watch the jump enough. I, I don't even know if he's even on there anymore. Um, you got to love Jamal Murray. Like what he's every soundbite too that he has now is just it's gold. Well, the thing is, you can say whatever you want when you're just like when you're becoming a legend, you know? That's true. Um, I, I just can't, I can't get over the 40 spot last night. I think we had said. You know, he wouldn't have a chance to do anything like that against the Clippers, who uh, a lot are... of people said, yeah, yeah. 
It's actually kind of crazy that he's only averaging 27 points this postseason. Well, (laughs) because he did did like his typical. He has these duds. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of 13 or 14. That's that's part of the the allure, I think. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah. Legendary is the way to put it. There's no better way to say it. I mean, all these 40, 50 point games coming back from 3 1 twice. I mean, he's, he's been incredible. And yeah, he's earned the right to, uh, tell everyone to put some respect on the, on their name. I mean, we're in the same boat. We keep counting them out and we're probably going to count them out again against the Lakers, you know, uh, but, yeah, I plan on doing that very early. But, um, so speaking of that, Michael, Mike Malone, their head coach was talking to Scott Van Pelt after the game. And this is what he said when, when, uh, you know, he was asked about similar thing about the expectations and all that. I mean, we know that last year we were the number two seed in the West. Most of this season, we're the two seed up until after the All-Star break. And so people talk about us like we were a seven seed, like we were lucky to get into the playoffs. But we knew the truth (laughs) of the matter. We're a good basketball team. We're a team that wins a lot of clutch games. And we've beaten some of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, Our reaction was more to the narrative out there that no one gave us a chance to beat the L.A. Clippers. So we used that as motivation. But internally, when we started our training camp in Colorado Springs, Scott, our goal was to win a championship. So as happy as we are right now, we're going to enjoy the moment. We still have a lot of work to do, and we're excited about the opportunity to play in the Western Conference Finals. He's not wrong. He's not. He's not wrong. I mean, they are a good team. They were two seed last year. They've been looked at as, like, the future team for a while now. You know, they got, they're deep, but they're young, and they don't have the guy, and I've I've said a couple times here that I didn't think Jokic was the best player on a championship team and and whatnot and that they needed Michael Porter Jr. to step up, but not ready to put Jokic on that Dirk level. I know I keep bringing Dirk up, but he's got a chance to get to that real quick if he can get something done against the Lakers. Uh, but Michael Malone's not wrong. And, and by the way, that quote of him saying, we had expectations in training camp, to win a championship, remember that because we got some sound from the Clippers that that'll be interesting to compare that to. But uh, yeah, they're it's gonna be really interesting seeing them against the Lakers. I think I'm gonna sound like a six year old anti analytics guy here, but you just can't quantify like playing your ass off and wanting it more than the other team. You know, it's sure just, it's. It's kind of like we're so obsessed and I love stats. I love digging into all that stuff. But like there isn't a metric that measures how hard you play. And maybe the metric that the only one we need to see is they were down three, one twice and they came back and won. They do not quit. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And that's that's a tribute to everybody, Mike Malone, especially. But this team is a bunch of dogs. And you just usually you don't associate the Denver Nuggets with that. But I do now. Yeah. And they're even talking about now. uh What's his name? Uh, I think it's Wes Unsell Jr. Is that who it is? He's uh, their assistant coach. Yeah, he's their he's their assistant who kind of like runs their defense. They're talking about him getting the Bulls job now after the job he's done in the playoffs. Um, but Michael Malone's coached his ass off. I've always liked him, and when you listen to him talk, you're just like, damn man, that's a guy I could play for. Yeah, he just seems cool, and like just says whatever he's always said whatever he wants like i think i don't know if you remember but when the warriors 
were like at their peak. There was a couple times during the regular season where the Nuggets just smacked them and beat them by like 30. Mike Malone, I don't I don't remember what the sound bites were, but he just had some great lines about playing them and where the Nuggets were as a team. It was just like, man, this is a guy you can really get behind. And it's it's cool that he's gotten to this point because he basically got fired by Boogie in Sacramento. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. He basically got run out of town. It's crazy. Jesus I'm trying to recollect, yeah, all that, that crazy stuff. I mean that's that's I mean we talk about the Clippers being a shit show. Sacramento. Yeah, that that's a real uh dumpster fire. And then, there, but, uh, so then they asked Jokic about Michael Malone as a coach and all that. You know yesterday was his birthday. I did not. Yesterday was Mike Malone's birthday. Um, so they asked him about him as a coach and whatnot. This is what you, I mean, you just got to love Jokic. Uh, he's, he's the one who is, uh, uh, it's his birthday, of course, but uh, uh, he's the one who is ready for everything. They, they cannot put a play on the court that he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's hundred percent ready for the game he's uh, he's he's a study he, he's a study maniac he he's ready for every game and i know and, and i know and i truly believe that whenever we have a like a bad game i think he will always find the, the solution for next game so i really truly really truly believe in him and uh he's a he's a big part of denver nuggets yeah nicole on that note what do you get your coach for his birthday on the night he takes his team to the Western Conference Finals. No, no, I gave him a Western Conference Finals. That's the, <laughs> before the before the game. I told him, Coach, I'm gonna give you a, have a really good present. I'm gonna get you home, or I'm gonna get you Western Conference Finals. So. <laughs> How good is it? He's the best. I mean, right, here's why I love that. He, he's clearly not great at English yet. He'll get there. He'll become fantastic, but. He's making people laugh in his second language. Like that he, joke is—that's a great joke. Yeah, it's I told, hilarious. I, and you like know what? I bet you he genuinely went to Malone and said, "Coach, I'm gonna get you a great present. We either go yeah. home or we get Western Conference Final." If you can make people laugh in your second language before you're even speaking it well, you're funny. You're a funny dude. I like him. The top. When we look at the top of the NBA, like top players in the NBA, LeBron. Obviously, we talked a lot about Kawhi's legacy, and whatnot. Uh, but there's no question he's a top two or three player in the NBA. I mean, Giannis is back-to-back MVP. You still have to put him in that conversation of top five guys in the NBA. KD when he's healthy. Can Jokic get – like, if Jokic can get this team to the finals, see, in that conversation, he's so different than any player. Like, I wouldn't generally put – other than AD, I wouldn't put, a, like, a traditional big man in that conversation the way the league is, but he's different. Built different, actually. I I said I told someone I'd say built different a few times today. So he's built different. He's definitely built different. I know we keep bringing up the uh, the Dirk comparison, but the real comparison there is just how limited Dirk was athletically. And you know, Jokic is limited athletically, but there's no doubt in my mind that any given night he can be the most skilled guy on the court. And we saw Dirk; he was essentially unstoppable. I think it was LeBron's first year in Miami. Dirk mm-hmm. was flat out unstoppable. He didn't overwhelm anybody athletically. His skill was just so superior to everybody in those playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that's where Jokic can get. Maybe, I, he's never, I don't think he's a guy that, that can sustain this for like a decade, you know, but he might flash for a postseason why here and there. But why, and be, why couldn't he? I mean, he, 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 the, the thing that goes first is your athleticism and he doesn't have any. So I just mean in terms of like guys that are like athletically gifted and superior can, can rely on that if they're not shooting well, or, you know what I mean? Like what about Dirk? can get by, by, by just being, that's Dirk. what I'm saying. Dirk won the one championship when he was at his absolute peak. He, he was just out of his mind. And that's well, where Dirk also, um, if you look at the way Dirk's teams, like those rosters were built, the second best player, like who were the best players? He didn't play with great players. So, I mean, there was, a, it was a testament to him that he even won a title because most title teams have two Hall of Famers. He never had more than him other than, you know, the year he won, he had Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason, Jason Kidd, Kidd was, was 30, but he was 37. He was, was Vince Carter on that? Vince Carter wasn't on those teams, was no, he? No, but he was, he went there later. That team yeah. was, without Jason going Terry. too deep into that, yeah, Jason Terry was the second leading scorer. Tyson Chandler was defensive player of the year. That's right. They had Sean Marion, Deshaun Stevenson. They just had a ton of wing. JJ Barea was their backup point guard. They had a ton of like wing players that they could throw at guys like LeBron and stuff like that. And then Dirk played great. But I think we talking about sustained success. That team was in the playoffs, challenging in the West for 15 years with him. You know, like he played for a really long time. And I guess I bring I say that because. Denver has a guy in Michael Porter Jr. who could be that second guy with Jokic. Like, if he develops into what he could be, and Murray's their third best player, this team could be scary if they can keep it together. Just seems like they all kind of like being there. They all kind of like each other. I want to just clarify what I meant by sustain. Like, I mean sustaining being a top three player in the NBA. You know, like, right, I can see him. Well, Dirk was he... never that, and I don't know if Jokic is that, but, like, if Jokic can get to top five, I don't see why he couldn't sustain it because athleticism is the first thing that usually goes. I feel like Dirk had stretches where he was a top three player. Like He was up there, for sure. Definitely yeah. top five. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying I don't. If Jokic goes to the finals this year, do you think he's in that conversation? I don't know. He's. He I'm be. sure watching it, I'll be like, "Yeah, he is. He is." Because I'll I'll overreact, but realistically, no. <laughs> he's all, he's incredible, but I mean, you've got LeBron, Anthony Davis. He, I still don't think he's better than Luca. I'm st- Luca is guys built different. He's built different. Yeah, he's built different. Um, all in. Kawhi, a... He's not. He's not better than Kawhi. He's. Different, he's he's different though. Yeah, different. Uh, I'm all in on the Nuggets, man. I want to see that. I I want to see them beat the Lakers. I don't know why. I guess they're just fun. Jokic they is are. fun. Jokic Murray's been really fun too. But I like I, said, I just really like what I've, I like this team. Just fun. I think last week we were we had a whole segment on how badly we needed to see uh, Kawhi versus LeBron, and I don't even care. Like. Fuck yeah, the no. Clippers. They they're lazy and they didn't want it. You so know, I don't want them in the West. Yeah, Conference you know what's Park. great is, I think most people hated the Clippers, and I'm at a point now where I don't care what the matchup is in the finals. Out of these four teams, it's all fun now. Yep, all these teams that are left are fun because you got to. I mean, LeBron's still LeBron, no matter which way you look at it. It's just fun to watch a guy that age do what he's doing. Denver's fun, 
And then obviously the two teams in the East are great. But we'll, we'll break down the Lakers and the Nuggets more tomorrow before their game on game one on Friday. So then there's the other team, the shit show, the Clippers. Almost immediately after we finished recording yesterday, stuff just started coming out about how much of a mess this team is. But let's hear some sounds. So Lou, this is Lou Will talking about them after the game, essentially, you know, they're what their expectations were and what happened. You know, we did have championship expectations. We had the talent to do it. Um, I don't think we had the chemistry to do it in this show. You know, we had lapses on, on defense and on offense where, you know, I think um, guys are played in systems where they were expecting guys to be in certain spots offensively. Um, a lot of different guys made adjustments. And so, um, you know, it, it showed. He also said in that same press conference that he he said he played harder on both ends of the floor in Game Seven than he did in the past. That that's wild. Um, I hope he's getting absolutely hammered. I, that's the thing about the Clippers; they're such a shitty franchise. I don't even know if there's like a fan base to hammer him. But if somebody in Philly said that, they're I mean they're going to have a really tough time stepping on the court opening day next year. Um, you don't say that. I mean. Whether it's true or not, you definitely don't admit it. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Um, they also asked Doc about expectations. No, uh, we didn't meet him. Uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, I'm the coach, and, and I'll take any blame uh, for it. But we didn't meet our expectations, uh, clearly. Uh, because we had, uh, in my opinion, we, we'd still be playing. So I was going to dive in there on whether he should be back or not next year. Mm -hmm. But according to Chris Haynes in his article that he came out with today, basically said that according to sources, a big reason Kawhi went to LA was to play for Doc and that Doc's going to be back. That Doc will be running it back next season. But he, these numbers that have come out, that, that people just keep coming out with, most Game 7 losses in NBA history, only coach to ever lose multiple 3-1 leads. The Clippers are 0-8 all-time in games where they could have advanced to the Western Conference Finals, and six of those losses are Doc. <sighs> Not good there, for that I, guy. There's clearly some pieces that must go. I, I don't know if it's going to be easy to get rid of them, but we hit on it yesterday. Pat Beverly has to go. He's yeah. not a championship player. He isn't. If you want to win a championship, he can't be on your roster, and I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, well, before we get into the roster thing here, here, so this is where things got really weird last night. This is what Paul George said. Yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 obvious pressure, um, you know, to to live up to the title expectations. Um, but as a player, I mean, you, you want that, like you you, you want that. Um, again, it's the first time I've I've been in that situation um, where we're expected to win. Um, you know, <clears throat> but you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, it's, it's, it's no cop out. Um, fact of the matter is we didn't live up to that expectation. Uh, but I think internally we, we, we've always felt, um, this is not a championship or bust year for us. Uh, you know, we, we can only get better the longer we stay together and the more we're around each other. Um, the more chemistry for this group, the better. Um, I think that's really the tell of the tape of the season. We just didn't have enough time together. Isn't it championship or bust for everybody? 
Like, if you didn't make it to the championship, you, you didn't succeed. Especially okay. if you got I, knocked out in the second round. I have a different interpretation of that. Go ahead. I, it's not a great quote, but the way I just interpreted that is internally or in the locker room, if we didn't win a championship this year, that wasn't going to break us and break our spirit, break the locker room and force us to blow things up, you know? That, yeah, but I, I hear there's can... all this stuff where they're like, so every player that they interviewed, which is basically Kawhi, Lou Will, and, and Paul George, talked about how they didn't have enough chemistry because it's the first year. Um, Doc mentioned guys being tired. Kawhi multiple times said we need to get smarter. Every, after every game, they blamed them losing on being cold and not and just not making shots. You know, is it hard to come in in, a, in the first year and build a team – and go win a championship? Sure. Of course. Yeah. Uh, That's not what happened, though. <laughs> That's not the LeBron issue. changes teams quite frequently, and until last year, all his teams went to the finals. I'm not telling you you got to – I'm not saying they had to win a championship this year. I'm saying they had to make it out of the second round, dude. Like, second round. I, I'm not talking about – championship expectations just the, the, all these and by the way all this stuff about they were tired and they got worn out in the bubble and they were all talking about their families yo Jokic had covid nikola Jokic had covid if anyone should be tired right now it's the dude who's played back-to-back seven game series after having covid but they're complaining that they're tired i mean he wasn't tired. He got his coach a birthday present. Oh, and Chris Haynes in that same article said that Montrez Harrell and Paul George got into it in the second quarter and that Trez was yelling at him saying, you're never wrong. You're never wrong. You always think you're right about everything. And then when Doc sat down in the timeout, they stopped arguing. Interesting. I mean, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Yeah, this to me, this isn't like, oh, this is a bust because the Clippers didn't win a title. This is a bust because... They were up 3-1 in the series, and the way they lost three straight. They scored 33 points in the second half in a Game 7. In Game 6, I think they scored 36 points in the second half. What the hell is going Kawhi on? Kawhi didn't score in the fourth quarter again. I think him and Paul George that's, that's combined, combined for like eight points or something in the second half. I mean, bad stretches are going to happen. The other team's going to get hot. You're going to get cold. But for... 24 minutes in both game six and game seven, you were terrible. Awful. So what is that? I don't know, but here's the deal. So they have $109 million guaranteed going into next season. It's like 113 or 114 if Jermichael Green opts in. He has a player option. So they have no money to spend. So, and Montrez, Marcus Morris, and Reggie Jackson are all free agents. So they can sign those guys, but then even if they sign those guys, then they're going to be pushing the luxury tax. So there's not a lot to do here unless they can pull off some trades. So you mentioned Pat Beverly, but who wants him? I think they're just going to have to run it back and hope that they're right about the chemistry. That's kind of what Paul George was saying in his, that was my interpretation of it is like, we're ready to run this back. It's not like we can't all play together because we, we lost here. I yeah. don't think he's right. I think they yeah. have some pretty deep-seated problems here. Yeah. Just based on the way they they blew that 3-1 lead. 
yeah, I mean, maybe their chemistry gets better, but I don't think chemistry is the reason why arguably the best player on the planet couldn't take over in one out of three games. There's something more going on there. It's just, uh, yeah. it's just weird to me. Like, I get what they're saying. Chemistry matters, sure. Like, most teams don't just come together. Most teams are not like the Raptors. And even the Raptors were not the Raptors, If again, if KD and Clay don't get hurt. But it just... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both top 10... Well, Kawhi is a top two player in the NBA. Paul George is arguably top ten, no matter where, wherever you put him. He's a you know as he's one of the top wing players in the NBA. One of those two guys in those three games should be able to just win you a game. They make it close, give you a chance. Large, to win a game. Largely <laughs> considered the two best players in the series. Mm-hmm. One of them should be able to win you a game. That's my problem. I get it. I get the chemistry stuff. I all that. But something's not there with these two guys. You know what just crossed my mind in terms of uh, changing up this roster? They don't have any first-round picks to incentivize somebody to take Beverly or someone off their So no one has mentioned this because I don't – it's obviously not realistic and it's not going to happen. But there is the nuclear option of trading Kawhi and Paul George to try to get back all the picks you lost. That's and that just, is the nuclear just to- option. Totally yeah. blow, try to just totally blow it up. They're, they're not going to do from an owner's standpoint. You're not going to do that. You know, like no, the the owner would never let that happen. No, but it's something. I mean, an option. But yeah, they literally. Can, I don't think they can get Pat Beverly off this roster no. because you'd have to give up like something to incentivize. And his contract isn't brutally bad, but but it's still he, two more guaranteed years. Yeah. Um. To like. You're basically, if you bring him in, you're basically saying we, we're taking on a loudmouth who is only effective on one side of the floor. Yeah. Uh, one of the loudest mouths in the league. And he's just he's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, th- this team's going to be in trouble. Not in trouble. I mean, they could still win a title next oh, yeah. year. Not in trouble. They're not in yeah, trouble. Yeah. It's just like, it's a weird thing, right? It's just so weird because... Most teams, I think, in this scenario, you'd be like, all right, they really are in trouble. Coaching change probably come in, probably going to move some guys. Maybe guys will leave, but they're probably just going to be the exact same team next year, And which is not a bad thing. They had the third best record in the NBA. They have two of the top 10 players in the NBA. Everyone thought they were going to win a title this year, and then it's just one more year. Maybe they – it's just – it's a weird – it's such a weird situation. The chemistry thing is real, but the the not giving a shit – when you have to give a shit. Yeah, is, that's a problem. I don't know if that's fixable. The best part of last night, of post, it was actually happening like towards the end of the game during Damian Lillard and, uh, and CJ McCollum on Twitter. Unbelievable. So I heard about this, but I didn't see it. So it started with CJ, who tweeted at Dame. He said, yo, Dame Lillard, you got an extra villa, an extra villa available in Cabo. <laughs> um, and then CJ kept going, I wonder if they pack before the game. If they fly private, they could get into Mexico for sure. Should have probably get the big jet. He was talking because he was tweeting about Bomber too. Um, he said, my last tweet before I finished this class, they did vote. They ain't want to play no more, but I didn't think they were going to go out like this. Um, Dame Lillard tweeted at Pat Beverly. At Pat Bev, I guess I should extend this Cancun invite since I haven't made my arrangements yet. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, and then someone tweeted at Dame 
Pat Bev's going to show up to Cancun in a hoodie and a black hoodie and black Nikes or something for the beach workout or for something. He said something like that. And Dame responded. He said, no, he's going to show up in Tim's for the beach workout. You remember that video that went viral of Pat Beverly in the off season working out in Tim's on a beach? No, I'm, I'm glad I didn't see that. It's just, it's just amazing. It's so great because you remember during that series, there was all those videos of Pat Beverly and Lou Williams, like laughing on the bench and, yeah. Wait, they didn't play. That was a, that was actually that wasn't against the Clippers, was it? Oh, I I just thought in general or against like, the Bla- that wasn't that? against the Blazers, was it? I'm not sure. It's all it's all blurry. I'm trying to remember what their 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 stuff goes back from like earlier last month, I think, because the the Blazers played the Lakers in the first round, didn't they? I think didn't Dame Lillard hit that incredible shot? Oh, Beverly, shot last that's right, right, right. When they, uh, when um, the Clippers beat the Blazers in the seeding games, Paul George and Pat Beverly were both commenting on social media about them being knocked out. Right, that's what Pat it was. Beverly commented Cancun on three on a post. <laughs> what an idiot. I love it. I, I, I don't really love usually the Twitter beef because it's just the league has become dumb with some of that stuff. But Damian Lillard and CJ are great. I love those guys. Yeah. That just, was, that, that was just the way they went at them. It's like if there's a team you're going to go after on Twitter, this, those are the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, I mean, we'll monitor the Clippers, but I don't know that there's really much to monitor anymore. It seems like they're pretty much going to be the same. We'll preview Lakers. Nuggets tomorrow. All NBA teams came out yesterday. Uh, first team, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good with. Kawhi, or Giannis, LeBron, Harden, Anthony Davis, and Luka. Luka, first team All NBA in his second year in the league. LeBron didn't make it first all, first team until his third year. So he's better. So he's then. better than LeBron. Um, second team, Kawhi, Pascal Siakam, which is absurd. Dude, you know what's amazing? You know what's absolutely amazing about that? That escalates his max contract for next year. That escalates it 3% of the cap. Guy averaged, 20, averaged 22 points a game. I get it that the Raptors are pretty good, but it's an individual award. Uh, CP3, totally deserved it. Dame, totally deserved it. Jokic. Third team, Tatum, sure. Butler, Gobert, sure. Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. I don't know about that. When do they vote particularly on these? Do we particularly when Brad Beal averaged thirty a game this year, second in the NBA in scoring, they made it to the seeding games. I mean, they 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 had an outside shot of making the playoffs. He playing with a bunch of bums, carrying that team. How's Brad Beal not at least third team All NBA? And and even more, I mean, I get it. Westbrook is good, but even Trey Young, man. I know the Hawks were terrible, but it's an individual award. The guy averaged 29 and, like, 9. I'm pretty disgusted by Ben Simmons beating out Bradley Beal. I think that's an absolute joke. I would have considered Trey Young, too. Too much consideration on where the teams ended up. If it's an individual award, I mean, that's not true. Where your team ends up should be in consideration. So Trey not making it makes sense, even though his numbers were absurd this year. Brad Beal not making it is... Is travesty, no. especially I mean, Russell if, Westbrook didn't have a good year, right? 
And the Sixers vastly underachieved. They were the sixth seed. Ben Simmons isn't an all-NBA player. He's not even close. I hate to say it. Actually, yeah. no, I love to say it. He sucks. I know you hate him. Yeah, I mean, that really, Siakam being second team and Brad Beal not making any team were my two biggest things. I guess Simmons and Westbrook, whatever, one of them probably should have been off for Beal. But Siakam being second team is weird to me. I mean, no, I know he had a good year. And he was the best player on a good team, but that's probably letting the playoffs impact my thinking a little bit there. If they were still in it, I probably wouldn't maybe be thinking that way, seeing how bad he was in the playoffs. But still, when you consider numbers and team, like probably Jason Tatum was better, I think. Joel Embiid was better than Ben Simmons this year, too. Yeah, but and they but they they still do by position. That's true. He wasn't bad again. We talked about that. They have to. It should just be three bigs and two guards, or three forwards, two guards. Yeah, something like that. Game two tonight, Heat Celtics. Celtics are still two and a half point favorites. Um, Gordon Hayward is doubtful. I'm going to take the Celtics because I think if the Heat go up two zero. What's the, sorry? What's the spread? Two and a half. Oh man, I, I, I'm going to go heat. I'm going to totally reverse everything I said. Uh, in my mind, the Heat, the the Celtics should have should have won that game given the production they got from Marcus Smart, and uh, and couldn't pull out a win. Yeah, I still think you're underestimating how lucky the heat are to get 22 points from jay crowder possibly kind of cancels out to me jay crowder's not a good offensive player he's he's a not sorry that's wrong he's a fine offensive player he's not a 22 point scoring offensive player not a plus 50 percent from the field three-point shooter or whatever so i think because marcus smart is known as one of the best defensive players in the NBA and mainly a defensive guy and limited offense, we make a huge deal out of it. And plus, because he's doing it in a little more of a flashy way, but 22 points from Jay Crowder is huge. I just think there's more there that he can get offensively from Bam and from here. I, I, I just, I, I Jason, think, but Jalen Brown. I, I just yeah, think, and I, I think a lot about what you said about his health. Oh, that'll be uh, interesting. That'll yeah. be interesting. I just don't think I learned a whole lot from either team. I, game two will be fat. I think we'll learn a lot about how this series is going to shake out in game two because of we'll, we'll see how team how they adjust to what he, what each team did in the first game. First game feeling out process. It was a close game. Could have gone either way. Probably how this whole series is going to go. Um, but I think Boston has to get this game. Like, oh, they, oh, yeah, they need it. Because, I mean, I say that, and then every time I say that in this these playoffs, then... Some crazy comeback. Well, there's yeah. comebacks and 3-1 and seven-game series and all that. So maybe they don't, but it just seems... By the way, I was also thinking about this. Remember I mentioned um, about the Celtics and why the Celtics were playing so good? It was because I don't think most of them are married and only a few of them have kids and all that stuff. I remember. Could could we could we possibly have the same thing going on with Denver? 
They're really young. Possibly. I don't know. I don't think I necessarily subscribed to that theory originally, but uh, Lou will Lou will specifically brought up being away from his family and his kids for so long. You know what, yeah, being away from your kids, I think, is. But I don't know. how does uh, Jason Tatum's kids in the bubble? Like, what, what is the uh, who gets to have their kids in there and who doesn't? That's what I'm confused about. Everybody could have their family come in once they got past the first round. All okay. the players could have their family. Certain like the Heat players. Heat fans love mm-hmm. this shit. Jimmy Butler is like, I'm not having any family come in because this isn't a vacation. It's a business trip. I love shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I think Goran Dragic said the same thing. I don't know. The Heat, but obviously, but the Heat, hey, Heat are built different. Real quick before we go, there was a rumor today that the Nets are looking to make a deal with the Pelicans to get Drew Holiday. Ooh. The, the, love that. the players I saw were Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and Zahn and Musa in a protected first round future first. It's a lot. I just don't know why, if the, you know, the Pelicans, why would you? So get what a, would the Pelicans get back? You get Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer who's really Dinwiddie. good. Jared Allen, who's really good. And a future first for Drew, who's old. And you're really, I mean, you're building for the future. You're not. You fired Alvin Gentry. You're bringing in a new coach. You just rebuilt the whole roster. Drew's not part of your future. Yeah, I guess I always think Drew Holiday is still young when he's not. <laughs> just because. I mean, he's probably a young, old guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been around for a long time. But. If you're the Nets, that means you're going all in on next year. Because Jared Allen's good, is a really good young rim protector, and Spencer Dinwiddie's a really good backup point guard. So if you're if you're moving on from those guys, that means you're you have a lot of faith. You're either planning on playing a ton of small ball, or you have a lot of faith that DeAndre Jordan can still play. And you're also bringing together one of the bulkiest uh, backcourts ever with Drew Holiday and Kyrie, like. They're not going to be healthy in the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, if Drew say well, Drew is huge for them because Kyrie is a terrible defender. So getting Drew would be really good for them if he can stay healthy. But it's again, yeah, Drew is injury prone. Kyrie obviously always injury prone, and Katie's coming off of an Ach- was an Achilles. Yep, that's why that team. I they should scare me, but they really don't. I mean, they I, scare I, the shit out of me if I was a fan, but. Only if they're healthy. If they're healthy, they're. It's, I just I I, yeah. I just I know Kyrie is not going to be Drew healthy. Holiday, just... Drew Holiday, Karis Levert can still come off the bench as the sixth man. Joe Harris is still there. Oh, that is a talented team, dude. If, I, if they if this happens, it's just a rumor. I mean, I don't know. Even if it's not, even if it doesn't happen, they're still going to be good. But Drew Holiday would be really good for them. Um. All right, game two tonight. Pumped. Let's do this. Let's go. I'm ready. To, I'm ready for all the Heat Celtics games. We'll be back in the morning. We'll recap that and we'll uh, we'll preview the Western Conference Finals. See you in the morning. <laughs>